magic to it. When I'm at Ramah, I am home. All right. So, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Jonah Levitt. I'm, uh, I've, uh, I've been the Tikva Roshay Dot Ramah Canada for the last two summers. And uh, today for the Colbert Ramah podcast, I'm interviewing Jordan and Aviva. Um, so I guess Aviva and Jordan, if you want to introduce yourselves quickly, uh, talk a little bit about yourselves, uh, what you do at camp. So Aviva, we'll start with you and then we can go to Jordan. Great. My name is Aviva Millstone. I'm the Associate Director at Camperman Canada. And I spent a lot of summers at camp. I was seven summers as a Hanicha, as a camper in the 90s, six summers as a Medrichan Rashida, counselor and a unit head. And this would have been... Uh, my ninth summer in the role as the associate or assistant director at camp. And I have to say that it is the place that I feel so at home and a place that I love being at. And I know we'll probably get there later, but it feels to me uh, through all the challenges and all the, and all the wonderful parts of camp, the most, uh, I feel like the luckiest person to be able to be in this role and to be able to work so closely with the Camp Rama in Canada and the larger Rama community to bring something that I love so much to so many members of our community. Awesome. Thank you, Aviva. And uh, Jordan, we'll pass it to you. Hello. Um, this is Jordan Ben Dadapel. Uh, I am a director at Camp Rama in Canada. I'm also a rabbi. And uh, this would have been my second summer at camp. Uh, I'll actually be, uh, December will be two years for me in the role. Uh, so pretty new, but, um, you know, it, it's a place that captured my heart really quickly. And I uh, feel very lucky to be doing this work, despite the challenges of being a camp director during uh, the time of COVID. Um, I love it. Amazing. Thank you, Jordan. Um, so just sort of segueing off that first question, uh, we'll sort of continue on with the second, which it's, again, very similar to uh, what we just began talking about. But starting with you, Jordan, um, sort of what's your Ramaz story? My Ramaz story is kind of surprising and I think atypical in a lot of ways. I grew up outside of Chicago and at age nine, started going to summer camp in northern Wisconsin, a camp called uh, Kawaga. Really wonderful camp, still going strong. A, it's a small uh, boys camp um, that uh, was started in 1915 by uh, a reform rabbi, actually. And the intention of the camp from, it, from its uh, inception was to uh, really help these young, mo nearly all Jewish boys um, kind of become men. And there's a real focus on character development, but in a secular way. And um, I loved camp, was uh, there for many years as a camper on staff. I was uh, eventually the head of the tripping program there. Um, and um, uh, so some years later, um, my wife, Yael, who I met in Israel in Jerusalem in 2005, the beginning of 2005. Um, she was a lifelong Ramak Canada person. She's from Toronto, was a camper, Roche Da, eventually uh, was the director of the Tikva program um, at Ramak Canada. And uh, we met in Israel, fell in love, and it was pretty clear to us that we wanted to spend the rest of our lives together. And um, 
so some years later, um, uh, Yael was working as the assistant director at Camp Rama in Wisconsin. We were still living in the Chicago area. And uh, we spent uh, six summers at Rama, Wisconsin. I was working for an organization called the Institute for Jewish Spirituality. And uh, uh, while I was living in the Chicago area, um, I was working remotely year round for uh, IJS, the Institute for Jewish Spirituality. And so I could be at Ramah, Wisconsin for, uh, for the summers. And I absolutely loved it and really fell in love with Ramah through my experience at Ramah, Wisconsin. Um, was a scholar in residence there and you know, taught and part of the camp life there. Um, but it was really um, through Yael's work as the assistant director at Ramah, Wisconsin that I, that I connected to Ramah. Um, and then in a kind of surprise move that I, that neither Yael nor I really saw coming, um, I decided to pursue, uh, the position of being the director at Ramah Canada. So, um, really my Ramah story is not that deep, although, um, you know, it's been really quite significant. And, uh, you know, I mentioned the camp I grew up at, but worked at, I think it's four other uh, Jewish summer camps. I have to think back, but um, just a real camp person and have loved being part of all different kinds of uh, Jewish camps. So uh, yeah, now it feels like home. I absolutely love it. Amazing. Thank you, Jordan and uh, Aviva. So what's your Ramaz story, Aviva? I think it's a little bit different, but um... <laughs> Yes, mine is very different. And I, and I think as you know, Jordan, and I will keep talking, I think our differences in our background really um, lend us to work really nicely and, and bounce off of each other in such a positive way. I grew up at Camp Vermont, Canada. My mom was just relaying the story of where I got to sit down. There was a chair in my parents' bedroom where I'd always have to sit if I got in trouble. But one day they asked me to sit in a yellow chair in their bedroom and told me the exciting news when I was in grade four. I was going to be a neat setting to Honey Cloud Camper, but I would get to go to uh, Camp Ramah for the summer. And my mom made fun and she said, and you're still going. Um, but yeah, I got the really amazing opportunity to be a camper at camp my best summers. Um, as a Hanika, as a camper, were there. And I really got to experience Ramah to its fullest. I went on try the Ramah semester program when I was in grade 11, um, came back as a seventh member for many summers. My heart and passion I was, was being a Madricha counselor. I had Sayurim counselor, Madshimim, Madricha, Madshimim counselor. And then uh, I had the opportunity to be a Rosheda for three summers. I decided that I wanted to be the Arazim Rosheda for three summers, uh, especially going into my third summer and following my last summer as a Rosheda. It was through conversations that I had um, with different educators visiting camp that I made the decision that I wanted to go and work in a Jewish community outside of Israel and North America. That was the criteria. And our camp director at the time, Michael Wolf, his close friend, Danny Rips, connected me to the JDC, the American Jewish Joint Distribution Committee, and I applied to be a, Rama, uh, sorry, a service corps fellow, not Rama, a service corps fellow there. And I got placed in Warsaw for a year. So after I graduated from undergrad, I was placed in Warsaw, and I spent my year working with Jewish communities there. And one of the things that I got to experience in my year there was working in different camps, uh, children's camps, 
for Jewish life and programming. I'd say that very directly in Eastern Europe. And I had that amazing opportunity in my year in Warsaw. I was asked if I would go work full time in Tallinn, Estonia, working as a JDC fellow there, working in the Baltic region, part of the world I really hadn't explored. And in my two and a half years there, I worked in a variety of Jewish uh, communal programming, but my focus was on their summer, spring, and winter camps. So I got to lead, direct, manage, and collaborate with the local community. When I came back to Toronto in 2010, I was happy to find a job at Jaius, Jewish Immigrant Aid Services, which really dovetailed to my work uh, that I was doing in Eastern Europe. And about two, just less than two years later, the current assistant director had said to me, um, I'm moving on and I'm going to work at Camp Vermont, California, Ariella Moss Petersile, and I really think you should apply for the job. And, and it was in that moment that it really struck me that this is where I wanted to be and this is what I wanted to be doing with my career. And I went through a large process um, to make sure that it wasn't just my love and the experiences I had as a Hanifa, as a camper and as a Zavit member, but it was really driven by my passion for building Jewish communal life and, and working and camping, which, is, which are very uh, significant things to be doing. And I've been doing it ever since. Awesome, thanks Aviva. Um, so sort of the next couple questions are more about uh, sort of ex different experiences that have happened. So we'll start with Jordan, um, sort of your, your transition to Ramah Canada. Uh, sort of tell us about, there are two parts of this question, I guess. So tell us about your first visit to Ramah Canada and then continuing off of that, um, your first summer as director. My first summer, my first visit to Ramah, Canada was actually in, um, it was very brief, but it, it was in the early summer of 2005, um, after coming back from Israel and uh, Yael and I, who were um, just about engaged at that point, we, um, she was working at camp and I drove her up to camp from Toronto. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was at the very beginning of Shavua Hanhala, and um, you know, so camp was quite empty. But and I spent maybe an hour there walking around. But I still remember it quite vividly, um, and was struck by the beauty of the place. And you know, it, it really um, this person that I loved, you know, uh, Yael. Uh, this is a place that she loved so much. And so there was something just really sweet about that visit and made a real impression on me. Um, but then my first real significant visit to Camp Ramah uh, in Canada was at the very end of the summer of uh, 2018 when I was interviewing for the position and it was the last few days of camp. Uh, and I came and um, interviewed and you know, interacted with uh, campers and staff. And uh, as we all know, who have spent uh, summers at camp, the very end of camp is uh, an intense time, a challenging time, sort of, you know, everything is being held together by, a, you know, by like, a, you know, glue and, and uh, twine and like human effort just to keep it going uh, for that very end. And yet it was, um, it was such a meaningful experience to visit and, um, you know, thinking in, in such a significant way about, uh, what would it be like to be the director of this place? What could I imagine happening here? Um, and just really energized me. Um, and I think that, you know, the campers who I got to interact with, especially 
in such an epic egg drop, uh, Pi'ula. Um, we'll never forget it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was, uh, it, it was fun, but I, that, that was a funny part of that visit was, was, uh, you know, being part of the egg drop activity, a beloved camp activity. Um, and then, you know, really thinking about my first summer as a director, there's so much to say. It was really intense um, and so wonderful. Uh, I, I loved working with all these folks. Um, felt like it was, uh, I was stepping into my calling and uh, felt like in many ways I'd been preparing to do this work uh, for, for really years and years. And um, I feel like the work of camp is, uh, is nothing short than the, you know, really the work of helping to form our, our people and to raise up the young people that we want to uh, lead our people and be part of our communities in the future. Um, and it feels uh, so powerful in that way. And, uh, you know, all the, you know, dozens and dozens of details that go into running a camp, um, I, you know, all contribute towards that bigger vision uh, of helping raise up our young people and helping them thrive. And that really has been my goal was to stay connected to that bigger vision while really immersed in, in the details and learning as much as I possibly could about all aspects of camp. Um, so yeah, it was a whirlwind, but, but, uh, you know, I could say, you know, with, with real, um, certainty that it, it's just been tremendous. I really love it. I really love it. And it's especially because of the people and the place. Amazing. Thank you, Jordan. Um, and I guess small anecdote, I was really lucky to be able to be there as well, working with you for that first summer back in uh, 2019. So I, I really enjoyed that as well. Um, Aviva, sort of a similar question, but it's again, a little bit different. Talk about your first summer uh, back at Campermont Canada as assistant director. So my last summer was in 2006 and I was closing the draw on a big, big chapter of my time at camp and off to a really big adventure. And since 2006, even when I came back from Eastern Europe, I didn't, I didn't visit camp. And the first time I went up to visit camp uh, was in the summer of 2012 when I went to interview for the position. And so it was a real, um, I was really nervous. I was really excited. Um, it was at the time my then boyfriend, who's now my husband, Darren, um, also had never visited camp and he really wanted to see it, but I was too nervous to let him come into camp. So I made him drop me off at the front gate. And then he had to go spend the time at the Windermere and wait for me to finish my interview. And I told him that just like all things in camp, I had no idea how long it was going to take. And typical of a camp day, my interview was supposed to be um, in the very early afternoon, but one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. And it wasn't until very late in the day. And it was really exciting to be there. And it really made me feel all the reasons that I wanted to be in this role and that I wanted to be back at camp. And very shortly after that, I was hired for the position and I went up to camp that summer to spend time transitioning with um, the whole team and the assistant director and getting to know Honey Team and Sediment members. And it was a really exciting opportunity. For me, I remember feeling like there was so much uh, that had stayed the same and there were so many things that had changed and it was, through that, the course of that summer and that year that I really had the opportunity to reflect on how do you elevate and enhance and 
work within a great existing uh, product and how do you also manage change and work within change in a thoughtful way and and it was a really good process for me to do as somebody who had who is rooted in a lot of the traditions at camp but coming back in a different role and in a new role wanting to look at things the place that was so familiar so it was a really um, awesome experience those first experiences back at camp great thank you um, so our sort of our next question, uh, we'll start with Jordan this time and then continue with Aviva. Um, so starting with Jordan, uh, what's your most memorable moment thus far as director? Yeah, so interesting to, to think about this because there are, of course, uh, things that are memorable in all kinds of ways. But I think the number one uh, thing that comes to mind that really left an impression last summer was um, an afternoon maybe halfway through the summer. Um, it was a beautiful afternoon, blue sky and uh, warm. And uh, I remember um, I was sitting on the deck of the director's cabin and I could hear uh, music kind of wafting uh, from the agam. Uh, and I could hear kids uh, laughing and swimming and playing in the water and, and the, see the ski boats you know, pulling kids and people cheering for uh, campers while they were, you know, getting up on the skis. And um, I was just really filled with a lot of emotion um, at the sweetness of it, at the, the, the joy, um, the kind of like foundational um, experience of human joy and laughter. And um, there was something, you know, there, there, of course, as a director, I'm thinking like about all different kinds of things that have to take place in order for these things to take place safely. And, um, but in that moment, it was just the sound of laughter and joy um, and music. And uh, to me, that really captures at the end of the day, uh, the camp experience. There's, um, there, there's uh, uh, something so important in just bringing people together young people for this kind of experience in which they can grow and, and have fun. And it's in a Jewish context and uh, it's just so sweet. There's nothing like it. Like on a similar vein, I mean, some of the, my most memorable moments while we're in a camp are similar sort of what you think would be mundane type things that are happening, just normal daily activities. But then when you stop and think about how special they are, it's a really, um, yeah, it's a really, you know, cool thing to, to think about. Um, so Aviva will ask you the same question. There is a moment that I look forward to for the 10 months of the year. And it's the same moment every single summer. So I'll share that memory. Um, it's for me the very first day of when the hunting thing, when the campers arrive at camp, because I think in, in our positions, camp really starts as soon as, you know, we get into camp to move out for the summer and begin working with our year-round team. And then slowly more and more people arrive. First it's our year-round team, and then it's our Hanhala, and then it's our Mishlachat, and then it's our Tzavet. And, and then there's all this buildup and all this anticipation to that moment when the first buses begin arriving at camp. And for me, it's just such a powerful memory and moment. And there's a feeling that I get when all the seven members are lined up on the migrash on the field or one year it was on a porch because it was raining and we can always be flexible to the situation that we're going to be in 
but of knowing how much effort and how much thought and how much work has gone into preparing for the experience for these campers to have. And then the moment that first fest rolls in and there is just abundant of excitement, of nerves, of energy that is spilling everywhere, for me, that is a moment um, that I look forward to and appreciate so much. And it was a moment, quite, quite honestly, that I feel emotional saying it. I really missed this summer, this kite, and in any way that we can to build to that moment uh, for next summer, for next kites, whatever it's going to look like, I really look forward to doing that. For sure. And I'm also thinking back all those moments, like that exact moment at both, at both as a chanich, as a camper, and as a Tsevet member in the last few years. And it's such a, you know, that, that the magic of that moment is always very special. But then, and then as you become a Tsevet member, you sort, of, you sort of appreciate how much work has gone into it. And it's, you know, so it's, it's sort of a really, but even so every summer, it's a really, uh, it's a really memorable and special moment for sure. Um, so Aviva, we'll continue, we'll start with you on this next question and then we'll continue with Jordan. Um, so what do you think are some of the weirdest or the funniest camp traditions at Camp Ramon Canada? So I was thinking a lot about this question because so many of them, since I've been at camp for so long, are hard for me to look at as an outsider, but a lot of them have also changed over the years and I look at them and I'm thinking to myself, those aren't traditions. Those are things that, that they, our younger Khanifim, our younger generations have created. But one um, uh, piece of time that I feel like is so rooted in tradition that has really changed over the years is Friday night on a, that is for our oldest age our oldest units and our Tikva Khanifim, our Tikva campers. And that, let's say, hour of time is something that is unrecognizable to me in a really positive way but is so thoughtfully thought out and there are so many different traditions and different experiences that take place within that hour that I think are so awesome and so interesting and some a little bizarre but that are such a place of connectivity uh, for our campers and, and I and I love I really love standing outside and really being an observer to those traditions and to those moments that are taking place. Amazing. And uh, Jordan, we'll ask you the same question. Some of the weirdest or funniest camp traditions. I would say all things young sports. The, <laughs> I, I have uh, you know, seen at, at a lot of different camps, you know, color war and, uh, or, you know, it's something like young sport. Uh, I do think that we take it to another level at Ramah Canada, especially in terms of just the, kind of the pageantry, the, the, the preparation, the buildup uh, to the, you know, to the you know, sport breakout, the, the colors, the fact that um, our campers sleep in their colors <laughs> the night before. It's like, it's so kind of taken to a whole other level um, and, and so fun. Um, and so I think they're, there are all kinds of, of interesting traditions that go with that. Just how the whole experience plays out, um, the mystery around it, uh, there, it's fantastic. There's so many cool, weird, funny traditions that are connected with the young sport. For sure. And it's, it's funny because even as a seven member, like you kind of step back, at least from my perspective, I was also a judge in young sport back in 2014. And sort of that transition from when you're in Alanim 
planning Yom Sport and running the day and then becoming a seven member. It's such an interesting transition as well. And seeing the way that the Chanichim sort of run that day is very, uh, very special too, I think. Um, yeah. So the next question is just for Aviva. Um, if you had, the, what two other jobs in camp, um, if you could sort of go back and, you know, be uh, like, go, go back in camp, go back in time and do two other jobs. What, two, what are two other jobs that you wish you could go back and do? I would love to be a madricha, a counselor for our youngest Aja, whatever that Aja is going to be at the time, either our Garyanim, our mini taste campers, or our Shorashim, our 10 day campers, or meat setting, depending on what's going on. I think that opportunity to be able to experience uh, staffing and camp through the eyes of a camper for the very first time would be an awesome experience. And I would really love to go back and help shape and and be a part of that experience and this is not a job i have any skill in or i'm good at at all but i'm always been drawn to our ceramics program in our old space um, and in our new space um, i'm just really drawn to that to that part of camp i love being in there whenever i have time and i wish i could learn the skills to properly and effectively run our ceramics program Great. Um, so Jordan, it's sort of, it's a bit of a different question for you. Um, so if you could dream about three major changes at camp, uh, what would they be? Oh, this is a fun one for me to think about. Um, it's kind of like, you know, where to begin. Um, but the three top things I would say, um, number one, I really would love to change the culture at camp around Jewish learning and really um, Jewish practice and, and um, midot development sort of character development. And um, that, and, and I very much think it's a two way street, both in terms of camp continuing to strive to offer really engaging uh, Jewish programming and, um, and instruction. Um, that feels alive and really vital um, and rich. I've seen that at other camps. I feel like we could definitely grow into that some more. Um, so that's number one. And I know it's a culture change and, and therefore it's for sure going to take time. Um, number two, I also a culture change. I would love to see the, the culture around tripping uh, shift at Ramah Canada. Um, there are many, many great things happening with tripping already at Ramah Canada, uh, but it's. I, I think um, you know, for me, this is where a lot of my passion lies, and um, and, uh, and and I think that the experience of tripping could be even more kind of at the core of the Ramah Canada experience and the Ramah Canada ethos. Really, you know, what does it mean to be a Ramah Canada? you know, camper or staff member, that there's um, a kind of, a, you know, familiarity with, with the feeling of like going out on trip and really relishing that. And so I'd love to shift culture around that. Um, again, there are great things happening already, but, but feel like it could even be better. Um, and the last thing I'd say is I would love to see uh, more camp programming throughout the year, especially at camp. Um, I would love to get more people, uh, camper age and alumni and other folks in our kind of extended communities 
uh, to be able to come to camp for retreats or programs. I'd love to see, you know, alumni canoe trips being launched out of camp, um, you know, outside of the summer season. So that to me would be amazing just for Ramak Canada to be even more of a hub of, uh, you know, really meaningful Jewish experiences. Um, so, but Jonah, I could keep going on this list, <laughs> but that's a good start, I think. For sure. Thank you. Um, so the, the next question is for, for both Aviva and Jordan, and we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Aviva on this one. And then, uh, then Jordan, you can answer afterwards. Um, obviously this year didn't pan out the summer, but the year in general, 2020, as, as many of us had thought because of COVID-19. Um, so how do you think that Ramah and camping in general will change in a post pandemic world? I, it's a really great question, Jonah. It's something that um, we talk about and wonder about a lot. And it's really clear that there is so much that's going to change. We don't really know, I think, in which ways it's going to change. But one thing that I think is going to be a really positive change, I think there's always been a deep love and appreciation for camp and being able to go to camp and being experience, being able to experience camp from all levels, from our parents, from our campers, from our staff. And I think that going forward, that deep, profound appreciation for getting to be in a physical space together is not going to be lost on anyone. And I think that there's going to be a tremendous amount of flexibility that our community presents and works with us and how to be able to uh, have Jewish camping in a post-pandemic world. Great. Jordan? Yeah, I, um, I think that um, this pandemic is doing um, profound work uh, of um, clarifying for really for all of us, um, a lot of what's important. And this is certainly true about um, camp and uh, camping, um, that uh, I think, you know, people going through this pandemic are left, I, I'm certainly left with a clearer sense about um, the kinds of things that are, are actually really important to me and, also, and, and, and also the things that I thought were really important um, that maybe, um, you know, with this perspective, um, I realize they're, they're actually not that important. They're not really at the core of, uh, you know, who I am or how I want to be spending my time. So I think that camp will be more important to people because camp represents and holds a lot of what people really find um, truly meaningful. Uh, it's connection with community. It's uh, being together in person, which can never be replicated virtually. Uh, you know, we'll, we're, we're all going to do our best to keep connected when we can't be physically together. But we all also know that there's really no replacement. Um, there's something foundational to being a human being and being in, uh, in actual community with people, in contact with people. And I think camp just really holds that in such an important way. Um, even before COVID with, with uh, you know, being like this rare island of screen-free existence is so important. And I think, you know, that kind of um, experience will be even heightened. 
especially as you know, so many of us spend a lot more time um, on our screens uh, during COVID. And that's not a judgment of, you know, really about any of us, you know, but really more of an observation. I think we will, we are more clear that, you know, camp is just really uh, essential. Um, and so I, I think that's, you know, that, and, and lastly, just to say that um, I think COVID is going to leave us with a greater clarity um, about just the impermanence of our beloved institutions, the, the fragility of our beloved institutions. Um, you know, back in uh, the beginning of April, it was not a foregone conclusion to any of us that we'd be able to survive this, that, you know, camp would be able to survive uh, camp potentially not running, which of course is what happened. And, you know, thank God, you know, we know we're going to get through the, through this crisis, but, um, it wasn't always clear. And I think, you know, in the coming months, we're going to see more and more beloved institutions in our communities uh, that we care about going out of business. And, um, you know, so hopefully we're more clear about supporting the institutions that we really believe in, that really add value to our lives, um, that really contribute to our community and our societies. Um, and I think camp really falls into that. And I think for us, uh, as the directors of camp, you know, we're committed to um, not forsaking that that uh, renewed sense of importance that people may may have for camp. That we want camp to live up to that uh, promise even more. Um, that camp should be even more uh, effective at connecting our kids and doing meaningful Jewish experiences and. Um, you know, all the things that, that we do, but I think we're just more focused now. For sure, for sure. Um, great, so Jordan, we'll continue with you for the next, uh, for the next question, then Aviva, you can respond after. There, there are two questions left uh, for, the, for the both of you. Um, so the, the first of the last two questions, the second last question here, starting with Jordan, is uh, what kind of advice would you give yourself uh, when you were 21 years old or when you were a college university graduate? Um, I would give myself the advice, uh, if I could you know, speak to 21-year-old me, um, that I should trust my instinct to see the coming uh, years as a time to really experiment and to explore. Um, for me, it was a time of a lot of travel and I know that's harder at, you know, it, it, during this, uh, pandemic, but I would still encourage people right now, um, to really take advantage of this unique time, um, and experiment, you know, journey, uh, try to see your life in a different way, allow for the possibility that you can live in a different way. Um, in a way that's maybe more in alignment with what you think is really important. Um, because it's only going to get harder to change direction in a dramatic way and to really, you know, kind of experiment with your life. Um, you know, be safe, of course, but, um, you know, it, it only gets harder as you get older uh, to go away and to, you know, try a job that you feel like, you know, I would never, for sure this isn't going to be my life career, 
but this is a fun, worthwhile experience for, for a short time. Um, so I would just in, encourage people to, to uh, explore, experiment, be courageous, and uh, you know, trust your instincts. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, Aviva will ask you the same questions. What kind of advice uh, would you give yourself at 21, or I guess in, in your case, it would be a university graduate as a Canadian lingo in this case? <laughs> I would give similar advice. For me, it was also a time of a lot of travel and exploration. And I would say, really take your time and take in every moment. And there is no need to follow any one certain path. If there's one path that you end up on, great, enjoy that, embrace that. And when you're in your young, in your early 20s, you should really be trying to live your life and try as many different things and new experiences. What you do then doesn't mean what you're gonna always do, doesn't mean what you're always gonna live, where you're always gonna live or the profession you're always gonna have. So really try and enjoy and savor that time and the experiences that you're able to embrace uh, in this time. Great, thank you. And uh, so, to, for the for the last question of our uh, of our podcast today, Aviva, we'll start with you, and um, then then Jordan, you can answer after. Uh, what a similar question, but what kind of advice would you give to aspiring Jewish professionals or aspiring camp professionals? I think that the advice that I would give is there are so many different ways and paths to be a Jewish professional. There are so many different ways and paths to be a camping professional. And you have the opportunity in, in these roles to really learn and to change course along the way. So what, however you start out doesn't mean how you're going to end up. It doesn't mean that you're going to stay on that path. And just to be really open to taking different courses, being mentored and learning from different people, uh, trying new experiences, working in different environments, and to really use the advice and experiences of those around you that you can learn from, that you can learn with, and that you can teach to really help shape and change, constantly change the work and the career path that you're on. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you, Aviva. And uh, Jordan, what kind of advice would you give? I'd say that um, it's incredibly meaningful to work in um, a field in which you feel like you're really contributing to uh, your community and to the world. Um, and um, certainly that's been the case for me working um, as a Jewish professional um, since, uh, I mean, even before I was ordained as a rabbi, but uh, it's incredibly meaningful work to, you know, br to bring together your uh, commitments and your passions and a sense of a bigger picture with your day-to-day -day employment. And, um, so I would just really encourage people if they're interested in that, uh, in the possibility to, to check it out. Um, Jewish communal work is incredibly rewarding and uh, challenging for sure. Uh, but um, I think it, it's rewarding in, in the most important ways. Great. Amazing. So thank you so much, Jordan. And uh, I, so that ends with our, uh, with our, with our, our questions for today with the podcast. Um, Thank you so much, Aviva and Jordan, for, for joining and answering these questions. I, I know I learned a lot, even though I, I got the chance to work with both of you for a couple of summers at this point. Aviva, uh, since, I guess, back, since back in 2012, as a, both as a Chanich and a member, and for Jordan for the last, for the last two years. Um, 
but thank you. I really, there were, I, there were a lot of really uh, interesting answers that you, bought, you guys both gave and I, I really learned a lot. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jonah. Thanks, Aviva. This was fun. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this, Jonah and Jordan. It's always a pleasure to work with you on these things and excited to see what comes next. Have a good day, everybody. Shalom, and thank you for tuning in to Kol Ramah. If you're looking for more information about Camp Ramah overnight and day camps, Israel programs, year-round events, and virtual offerings, please visit our website at www.camprama.org. Thank mm-hmm. you.